We don't have much money, but we are children of the king. And we thank God for that privilege. It's been a wonderful camp meeting. The delegation from Brooklyn will be leaving out tomorrow morning, but we can say, and I believe I speak for all of us, that we've had a wonderful time. We appreciate the wonderful hospitality of all of God's people, and uh, I say that I'm looking forward, if we never meet here at these hallowed grounds again, to meeting all of you at the marriage supper up in heaven. You know, the way things are shaping up in the world today, we don't know, but this could be our last camp meeting. So much is taking place, but thank God that we are on our way to the great camp meeting in the promised land. And I just look forward to that day. Somebody sang a song here tonight that I am getting homesick for heaven, or I feel never felt this homesick for heaven before. And you know, I feel that God puts that in us sometimes. A brother today, uh, he took us to a granary, a granary where we see the fish. And we saw how the fish was trying to make their way home. And I said to one brother, I wonder what put that instinct in that fish to fight so hard to get back home. And he said, well, it must be the man upstairs. And I said, well, I guess that's what happened to us sometimes. We are here in this ocean of sin and iniquity. And sometimes God's just put in our hearts to make us feel like we want to get home. And leave this place. Praise God. And I'm glad to be a child of the king. I thank God for the day that he looked down in a big city with over 10 million people, and he saw me. Praise God. Little me there in big New York. But thank God he called me one night and caused me to feel a repentant spirit in my heart, led me to a place where I can pray, and there I settled the question where I would spend eternity. And I'm glad today that as I said the other night, I may live in New York, but New York is not in me. God came in, sanctified me, baptized me with the Holy Ghost, and today I'm on my way rejoicing. You will look with me in the Old Testament, the fifth chapter of Genesis. We have a few words we'll share with you, and we'll let the Lord have it from there. Genesis, the fifth chapter, we're going to read the 25th through the 27th verses. It says, And Methuselah lived 180 and seven years, and begat Lamech. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech 780 and two years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Methuselah were 969 years and he died. I guess you wonder, well, what could be in that that will help me get to heaven? <laughs> Just an obituary column, seemingly. But I found that God talks to us a lot in types and in shadows, in Old Testament characters. And uh, Methuselah here, we know he was the world, world's oldest man. 969 years. That's a millennium, isn't it? Almost the same length as the reign of Christ will be on earth, if we've been properly taught. A thousand years. And we notice that his span of life was from the translation of his father Enoch to the year of the great flood in the days of Noah. And there, there's a secret in his long life. God had a reason for letting him live so long. You look at Enoch, who also was a very holy man, 
But he lived very short in comparing to the time that men lived in that age. The Bible tells us that Enoch lived only 65 years. Then he begot Methuselah. And after he begot Methuselah, he began to walk with God. And the Bible says that he walked with God for 300 years. And just 365 years old, as he walked with God, the scripture abruptly tells us nothing more about Enoch, but he was not. Simply says he was not. Don't say what happened to him, where he went. He was not. And it leaves it there in the Old Testament. But to get the meaning, further revelation of what took place, you find the Hebrew writer filling in the empty spaces. The Bible tells us in the Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse 5, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. Hallelujah. Well, now that finishes it up. In the Old Testament, all the writer could say he was not. He didn't know what happened. But God gave it to the New Testament writer to let us know what took place with Enoch. He didn't just disappear and die in the mountains, but he was translated. Hallelujah. The Bible says he walked with God. You notice it seemed that the verb changed after the birth of Methuselah. He lived. 65 years, just living. Hallelujah. But after the birth of Methuselah, the Bible says he walked with God after that. So he had changed from just living to walking with God. You know, I think that's what the camp meeting is trying to bring out of us. That we won't just, just, just live. But when we leave here, we'll walk. Hallelujah. These sermons, they've been food to our souls. You know, I was thinking, I said, this is like a new year to me. No, I did. At the end of the year, usually you start taking inventory of what's been happening. You consider your successes and your failures, and you try to start out fresh. And I fear to those of us in the church, camp meeting means that. We come here to camp meeting, and as the word goes forth, we examine ourselves, we consider our shortcomings, our failures and where we let, let God down and then we renew ourselves to go out to fight a little more. Walking with God. Hallelujah. I pray that as each and every one of us leave these hallowed grounds, we'll be just like Enoch was. Not just living, but walking with God. Now when I use that uh, verb walk, I don't think he meant that they just strolled down the streets hand in hand. But Enoch decided he's going to girl up the lines of his life and live in harmony with God's known will. Well, people say you can't live perfect, but that's perfect enough. When you can live in harmony with God's will and walk hand in hand with God and be ready to be caught up to meet him when he calls us, that's perfect enough. And to me, that's perfection. Hallelujah. Translate it. I think that's the same word that Brother Daniel was preaching about the other day when he said rapture. The Apostle Paul, he didn't use the word translated or rapture, but he said we'll be caught up to meet him. Are you looking forward to it? Hallelujah. 
think he mentioned that in the book of uh, Corinthians. He says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of the eye. That's just how quick it's going to take place. Thank God for it. He went on and he said in Thessalonians, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Well, if we don't get back to camp meeting, let's make sure we are caught up to meet Jesus. It's going to be a mystery. And I believe it was a mystery. Evening came and probably Mrs. Enoch and the family was waiting for the old man to come in. Nine o'clock, ten o'clock, twelve o'clock. What's happening? He never stayed out this late before. Let's call a police department. Put out a search. Maybe he was waylaid. Maybe he's been robbed and mugged. Maybe he's in a hospital. But a search was made and he was not there. Praise God. After a while, they gave up the such. Never knew what happened. But the writer in the Hebrew says he was translated. God took him. Praise the Lord. But we find here, he left his son Methuselah, who lived much, much longer than his father. But I believe there was a reason for this. There was a significance in the name that God gave him. Methuselah. It means or signifies when he is dead, it shall be sent. Now, the writer of Jude tells us that Enoch was a preacher of righteousness. And he also prophesied about the coming of the Lord. Praise God. And probably he mentioned also about the coming of the great flood in his ministry. Many didn't believe it, but in his heart, he knew it was true. And probably when this son, Methuselah, was born, the Holy Ghost revealed to him there's a message in the birth of this boy. He's given to you for a sign, and when he's dead, it shall be sent. How would you live if the Holy Ghost revealed to you that your child had a sign on him, and that as long as he's alive, things will be all right, but when he died, it meant judgment. You would be just like Enoch. You'd watch every sickness, every little disease. You said, Lord, is this it? Every time he'd stomp his foot, you said, Lord, is this it? Day by day, you'd girdle up your lions. Praise God. That's the way it was with Enoch. But God let Methuselah live. And not only did he live his own lifetime, but God extended more time. Because through Methuselah, God extended love patience, and long-suffering to those that lived in the days of Noah. Yes, judgment was on the wall. But God, through his love, although he saw that the wickedness of men's heart was very great, he said here, my spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he himself is flesh, but his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. That 120 years is an extension of compassion and love. Yes, 
God is long-suffering. St. Peter says, not his will that any should perish, that any should be lost. He longs to see all men saved. And because of that, he extends mercy to mankind. Hallelujah. And Methuselah, who symbolizes the patience and long-suffering of God, should have died at the age of 849. But God gave her another 120 years. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? And when the time came, and God saw that there was no more hope for mankind, Methuselah died and the flood came. The very same year, yes, the very same year that Methuselah died, that was the same year that Noah reached his 600th year and the flood came upon the world. You'll see it here in a little arithmetic. The 25th verse says Methuselah lived 187 years and he begot Lamech, which was his son. Then Lamech lived 182 years. And he had a son named Noah. That's 369. And then in the 7th chapter, verse 11, it says, In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day the fountains of the great deep was broken up. Well, if you add 600 to 369, that's 969. So Methuselah lived until the time of the flood and the same year that God took Methuselah, the flood came and destroyed all mankind. Well, I like to think of Methuselah as a type of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. God is waiting today. And I believe, bless God, that we've already come to the end of the Gentile age. All of the signs that Jesus gave to the time when the Gentile period would be fulfilled has already come to pass. 1967, when the Jews went back into the Holy Land, to the city of Jerusalem, that warning that Jesus gave in the 21st chapter of Luke was completed. Hallelujah. We are on mercy's ground. Borrow time. But let me tell you what happened, people. When, bless God, God spoke to Noah and said, go into the ark, close the door. There was no more grace. The day of grace was ended. 120 years, God extended the time. Each day, Noah would go out and preach and warn the people. But they didn't believe. After a while, God said, it's finished. Go into the ark. Take your family into the ark. The door was shut. The angel of God locked the door. Took the key back to heaven. Rain began to fall. I imagine many came as they saw the rain. Because somebody said it never rained before. Just the mist went out. But now they see it with their own eyes. The rain is falling. Noah, open the door. Noah, 
Probably if it was left to him, he'd feel con- a little compassion and, 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 and mercy. Maybe open the door and maybe the whole ship would have gotten drowned. You know, sometimes we, with so much love and compassion, can destroy ourselves trying to help somebody else. Hallelujah. I said we, let, we should let God handle it. Whatever God says right, let that be right. God shot him in. Angel took the key. And that was it. The day of salvation for that age was ended. Hallelujah. Oh, there was many prayers that went up during the storm. Anybody will pray when they're in trouble. But oh, it was too late. Song went out the other night, be in time, sinner. Be in time. If you're not saved tonight, be in time. You're not sanctified. Be in time. The door will soon be closed. Camp meeting time will be ended. The benediction will be pronounced. It will all be over. But what about you? Did you let the harvest pass? Hallelujah. We've had a wonderful harvest. Many have prayed around the altar and got salvation. Many got sanctified. Many received the Holy Ghost. But what about you? Are you going away empty? Or will you be in time? May God help you. We're going to pray now. You're here and you're not saved. Take advantage of this opportunity. Come. Make it right with God. Oh, I thank God that Jesus is still on his meditorial throne. He's still praying to the Father. When justice would cut us off, mercy says, give him a little more time. A little more time. Be in time, sinner. Come now. Be in time for the marriage supper. Be in time for the rapture. Be in time for the first resurrection. Be in time for the millennial reign of Christ. Hallelujah. May God help you tonight. Amen.